there are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. So I bring on guests who have a particular perspective or an experience that I think expands the conversation. I often draw on the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as from my own consulting experience, including the work I do today at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. I will get to my program in just a moment. Let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. Jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Last week, if you missed the show live, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Diane McClay, who is a certified professional whole person coach who helps midlife professionals navigate career transitions through choice and courage to make meaningful change. We talked about the Unleash Your Dream Career Online interview series she's currently hosting, featuring 20 plus renowned experts who help midlife career professionals create and sustain more meaning and purpose in the second half of their life. Great conversation with her. She's incredibly energetic and knows her stuff. It was a great conversation. With us this week is David Perks, the founder and CEO of Pay Compliment, a platform for customers, peers, and managers to give direct feedback to the people and organizations they interact with so that customer service levels and employee performance are maintained at the highest possible levels in real time, all the time. We'll be talking about how feedback serves both the employee and the organization and how leaders can incorporate it to motivate their teams to higher engagement and performance. David joins us today from Sydney, Australia, where the time is 15 hours ahead of Dallas, which means it's... Four o'clock in the afternoon for me here in Dallas, and I think it's 7 or 8 a.m. on Wednesday for him. David, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thanks, Elise. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, it's a beautiful morning here in Sydney to, to have this conversation with you. Thank you. And I guess it's Thursday, not Wednesday for you, right? That's right. Saturday right. on Thursday. All right. Way to start the day. Well, let's get into it. I want to give the listeners as much as we can. And I do want to say that, again, I found you... I think I found you on Twitter and looked up what you were up to. And I said, you know, I think that makes for a good conversation for the radio program. So I always like to give a shout out to my social media friends out there. You are, otherwise you and I would have no reason to talk, David. So great to know you. Great to know you too, Elise. And uh, the internet's a a fabulous way of making connections. So we're going to talk more about that today, I think. That sounds good. Well, I want to jump right into the conversation and open with what you told me about a past practice of yours that I think is pretty important to this conversation. You told me that you were spending eight plus hours on flights from Australia, during which time you would write handwritten letters to clients and other people you work with telling them what you appreciated about them. I'd like it if you could talk about this practice, where it came from and how it led to you starting Pay Compliment. Great way to start. And um, yeah, that really was the beginnings of uh, the principles behind uh, the Pay Compliment platform. And I think it goes all the way back to uh, the values that we were brought up with uh, as kids, where uh, my parents would always encourage us to uh, to write thank you notes for uh, gifts and uh, experiences that we'd, uh, we'd been through as kids. Uh, and that kind of became necessary 
in this corporate environment where uh, I had that big corporate job. It was an American uh, multinational uh, company that I was working for in Asia Pacific. And um, we were really uh, about four or five percent of revenue for, for that company. Uh, and so going through traditional performance management processes of um, grading people, force distribution in a bell curve of the the top 5%, the next 10, et cetera, and then making our claim for any discretionary pay that we could. We, we were really a, uh, a small voice uh, in that organization. And it caused me to uh, go down the path of looking more at intrinsic motivation than, than extrinsic motivation. And that's where uh, really this practice uh, became very important to the performance of, of my team and my division. And so um, what I would do, do is on uh, regular trips from Australia up to, to different parts of Asia, I would just um, use some of that time on the plane to handwrite thank you notes. Uh, and it would just be to uh, individuals in a large extended team who I've noticed had done something outstanding. Uh, and rather than make a big song and dance and fanfare of that, I would give the, the individual, we'd just find a, a moment uh, where we could be one-on-one. -on -one. I'd give the individual the, the written letter uh, and just thank them uh, for what they've done. Uh, and that, that was good. Uh, and, you know, I got uh, good feedback on that as I was doing it. But what then came to, to pass was that four or five years after giving uh, a person one of those letters, so a gentleman called Ashok Kumar up in Singapore, um, it was time for me to leave that organization. And I uh, received a lovely email from Ashok that, uh, told me that even after four years, he'd still got my letter and it was a treasured possession that he kept in his desk and brought out from time to time to reread when he needed, you know, that extra jolt of motivation. Uh, and that really was powerful for me. It meant to me uh, that that small act four years ago had had a, a very long lasting effect on, on that individual. And it really then became, you know, my purpose to look at how to scale that up and scale that out uh, and make that experience available to as many people as possible. So that's how uh, the, the thought behind the platform started. And then luckily, uh, I worked my way into a position of having my own company and my own team. And so I was able to experiment with that intrinsic motivation further with, with those staff and to um, kind of systematize that into the, the practices that are embedded into the pay complement platform. Mm. I, I appreciate very much that you distinguish that what you're really surfacing or addressing is intrinsic motivation instead of extrinsic motivation. I think that's incredibly powerful. And I didn't really quite see that until you... You talked about it, so thank you for that. It is very powerful. And and to that end, before you talk more about the platform, because I do want to share and hear what how it actually works, I also want to go ahead and thread in your interest in helping people enjoy more meaningful work, because, of course, that's a, a complete crossover for both of us. Why are you interested in, in helping people find meaningful work? 
Well, uh, for the longest time, probably a slow learner in this regard, um, <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that some people didn't uh, find meaning in work. Uh, I've always been extremely fortunate that uh, you know, my work uh, and my passion have, have been aligned, uh, and it took me a long time to, to realize that that wasn't the case for, for everyone. Uh, and we spend a lot of our life at work, uh, and so that can either be the best thing ever, which is which is how it's been for me, and I'm lucky for that, uh, or a soul-destroying chore. And I think for those people where uh, you know they fall into the latter category, that there are more people uh, in that boat than than I would like, and there's the potential to change that. Uh, and that's what we're keen to to contribute to. And I think also because I've worked my entire career in uh, in the software industry, um, I think it's a, also an obligation to give back because it's the digitization and computerization of work uh, to a large extent that stripped the meaning out of it for people by fragmenting the work that we do so that we often don't see the end result of our actions. And, and so, you know, somebody else is at the point of sale and 25 people have worked in the value chain to, uh, you know, provide the experience to the customer, but 25 out of the 26 people involved in that don't get to see, uh, you know, the, the customer delight or the customer disappointment at the end of their activity. And so I think, you know, we need to make that much less opaque for each person into how their actions make a difference. And so it's kind of like the, the digital butterfly effect where every action of every individual uh, accumulates into the experience of other, other human beings, but it's not necessarily seen. And so a little story about that very early on um, in offering the platform, we, we have a consumer um, platform uh, elements of the platform where people can give feedback to retail and hospitality workers as an example uh, and so an example of, of creating meaning just a normal person in a retail outlet uh, you know um, we got the feedback for her from an elderly gentleman I think he said he was 72 or 78 uh, and he always sought this person out in the store when he needed to uh, recharge the SIM card on his phone because that person would not just stop what she was doing, get the, get the right SIM card and the right plan for him, recharge it, but she would also go through and make sure that the recharge had taken effect and that he got credit on his phone and that that was the only means that he got to communicate with his grandchildren. Uh, and so... Connecting those dots, I feel, really creates that meaning for that retail worker that getting down from stocking the shelves and going to the front of the store and getting the right product for the customer and then making sure that that um, delivered the outcome that the customer was looking for actually makes a massive difference in, in that particular customer's life. And so what we're doing is crowdsourcing stories like that and then uh, connecting the dots for um, every worker that we, that we can uh, 
um, so that they can see the meaning in the work and the, the contribution that they're making to other people's lives. You see why this was a, just a must-have conversation for me, right, David? <laughs> You're just smack right down my alley. Uh, a couple things really quick that I want to go back to, to loop back around on what you said. Um, one is this whole notion how digitization can remove some of the places and ways that people can see the overall forest for the trees and what their contribution is for the whole. I think that is incredible that you you can see that so crisply as you do and that you've got a mechanism to kind of bridge that gap. Without that, what I do in my work oftentimes, of course, is I work with leaders to help them language that for their t- for their team so they can help help the team see that contribution when, they, when it's not immediately obvious for themselves. So the fact that you've got a mechanism to help that along as well that creates that ripple effect, I'm completely in favor of. And then the other thing I wanted to also say is this whole notion of, uh, you know, how dismal work can be for a lot of people. Um, I think you and I talked about my research around meaning in work and identity that produced 15 modes of engagement. And when I go and share that with crowds, David, people are amazed when they identify which mode of engagement they're in. They're shocked that there's any other way to work. They don't recognize that there's other ways people experience work. And therefore, they they don't know that there's something can even be better or worse for them. So why don't you just to acknowledge that as well? Um, it's quite a quite a quite a spectrum of experience out there in the in the world. I found. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I would have been one uh, one of those people who would have been in one mode of engagement and a, a positive one, and blissfully ignorant of the other fourteen. <laughs> Very good. Yes, I, I I meet those people. They're always fascinating. Um, <laughs> Well, let's talk about the employee experience here for just a second, if we can, David. Uh, when we spoke on on the first call to get acquainted, you said that people oftentimes don't get the signals that they're doing good work or a great job. What do you mean by that? Tell us more. Yes, I think that um, there are uh, really four types of signals that each person needs in order to uh, do their best work every day. Uh, and we've kind of... Um, uh, corralled that into uh, four, the framework that we call the 4A framework. And the four A's um, in terms of signals are alignment, assistance, assessment, and appreciation. Uh, and so those are the four key ingredients to high performance at an individual level, we feel. And if we take each one individually and look at, um, you know, the traditional signals that people get and a a better uh, possible future for that, um, it kind of tells the story. So if we look at alignment, uh, typically what would happen in organizations is that goals would be set uh, at the organizational level and then cascaded through the organization. And the message that workers get in that kind of conversation is, this is how you will align. Uh, and so there's very little choice uh, for the individual in, uh, in how that happens and what they're aligning to uh, in that cascaded paradigm. An alternative and a, a way of uh, creating stronger signals is to turn that around uh, and to have the conversation that goes along the lines of this is what we're doing how can your strengths and purposes make the best contribution to that? Uh, And so really aligning the individual to the goals as opposed to aligning the goals to the the individual uh, and turning that 
uh, context around. Similarly, with assistance, what would typically happen in assistance is I'd be looking at a competency framework for the job description, and the conversation would be, um, uh, okay, this is where you're, you, you don't measure up. These are the gaps in your experience against this made-up framework that um, you know HR have conjured up, um, and um, you, you're not hitting the mark. Instead of that, if I look at your inherent strengths and the skills you want to master uh, and orient the assistance that I provide as a leader to that, then we're going to end up in a much better place where your, your strengths are elevated uh, and you're a, a, a unique individual uh, as a resource to the company uh, as opposed to that we've got a set of people performing at a mediocre level across a a predefined set of competencies. And so changing that assistance conversation to be strength-based and individualized is very important. Assessment conversations tend to be, uh, I'm looking back at the, the year just gone, and this is where you failed. Uh, and so we're looking at all of the reasons why um, someone is rated uh, at, at a level that they're rated uh, and uh, it's, a, it's generally a negative conversation. Instead of that, if we have the assessment conversation that says, I'm looking forward at what challenges lie ahead, and this is where I can see that we can stretch you, uh, then that really changes the, the emphasis. Or um, episodically in the moment, uh, if we have the conversation, when this happened, I noticed that. Um, and then can we brainstorm some, some other ways to handle that if it comes up again? That way we're perhaps looking at something that could have been a negative conversation and turning it into a positive framework for better future performance. And appreciation, I think, is the one that makes the biggest difference uh, but uh, is often the least authentic. And so... I think leaders in general have become quite lazy in regards to appreciation. And even when it's shown, it's generally um, a, a platitude. So a thank you, a pat on the back um, is better than nothing. But it's not as powerful as a, uh, a structured piece of appreciation. When you did this, I felt like that or I learned something which was this, or I was able to. So what was that person's impact that I am great on me that I am grateful for? How did I improve as a result of that person's act? So those are the kinds of signals that we're, we're really looking to um, elevate in the, uh, in the platform. Uh, and to make sure that every worker gets, uh, uh, you know, the breadth of signals and the frequency of signals that helps them to do their best work every day. I am completely a fan, and I'll comment more, but let's kind of cut for a quick break here. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with David Perks, who is the founder and CEO of Pay Compliment, a platform for customers, peers, and managers to give direct feedback to the people and organizations they interact with so the customer service levels and employee performance are maintained at the highest possible levels in real time. He joins us today from Sydney, Australia. We'll talk more after the break. Stay with us.
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. It's time to live the life of inner peace that you deserve. Tune in every week for Sacred Exploration with host Lisa Tremont Oda. You can discover the you that has been kept hidden all this time. Show off your personal gifts to the world. Lisa and her guests will combine health and spirituality to bring you the experience that you've been waiting for. You'll enjoy this journey every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's sure to be a nourishing experience. Do you sometimes feel powerless over your own life? Does it seem like you're living for someone else, unsure of what your purpose is, or if you even have an important voice? It's time to take back that control. Tune in to Empowered with Des and Jen. They've been in the same place and have learned to regain control of their lives. They also feature amazing guests who share experiences of how they have found success. Start on your journey by listening Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is David Perks, who is the founder and CEO of Pay Compliment, a platform for customers, peers, and managers to give direct feedback to the people and organizations they interact with so the customer service levels and employee performance are maintained at the highest possible levels in real time, all the time. So before the break, David, we were talking, you're talking about your four A levels, which was incredibly useful. And I really appreciated if I heard this right, that you've bucket them on both more of the negative plus the positive side, if I heard that right. I also great. Okay, good. I also really appreciate how at each level you could see the the ongoing build and the depth there. That was incredibly useful. And and I would think that in order for for your the people that you work with to be able to separate that and really start to see how feedback can be given in a very structured way can be so useful. And to that end, I'm interested, certainly because of the work that I do as a management consultant and doing a lot of leadership development, I know you're interested in helping leaders incorporate giving feedback and expressing appreciation for their workforce in, in order to help motivate their employees, but certainly give them more meaning in their work. Can you say a little bit about that perspective and the efforts that you've got going there? Yeah, so so what we've um, noticed in, in general is that 
um, feedback, the word is stigmatized, uh, and it's stigmatized and creates anxiety largely because people associate it with, with negative feedback. And so what we're doing through our naming and through some of the techniques that we use is trying to uh, bring balance to that. Uh, and neuroscience indicates that the brain is six, seven, eight times more effective at remembering uh, harmful or, or negative events than it is at positive events. And so what we're trying to do is encourage leaders to build up a bank of positivity uh, by noticing and uh, ob observing and commenting on positive aspects of people's work in order that when the time comes that they need to uh, course correct or adjust, that that is seen as, a, a, as an unusual event um, and that it doesn't trigger a threat response in the, in the employee's brain uh, that puts them into defensive mode. Uh, and so we work with neuroscientists and psychologists to really try to engender a reward response through the way that we uh, capture and deliver feedback to individuals so that there is the greatest chance that they'll remain open to the observation, that they will take it on board and that they'll uh, take action to, to address the observation. Um, and that's important, we feel, because uh, you know, a lot of research and studies show that performance review and feedback for about 33, 34% of the recipients is a negative event rather than a positive one. And, you know, obviously that's not the, the intent. Mm -hmm. Something that you just said there that I want to call out that's quite fascinating around the neuroscience piece of this, David, in that we tend to, we seem to remember more powerfully the negative comments than we do the positive ones. And then you said something about a threat response. And so my mind immediately went to this must be something really baked into our very, very age-old brains about survival. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're designed to uh, survive uh, as, as a human being, and, and that's baked into the way that our brains work. And uh, very often, you know, just the mention of feedback, if I was to say to you, Elise, um, let me give you some feedback <laughs> in your brain, you know, I've taken control. I'm going to give you some feedback. You don't have a choice. Uh, it's coming your way. Because of your prior experience, you'll, you'll associate that that um, conversation is probably going to be critical uh, about, um, you know, your, your performance and, and harmful to reputation. Uh, and it might not even be equitable or fair because it's just my uh, opinion. Uh, and so I'm triggering uh, through that all of these reactions that most likely cause you to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. Whereas instead, if I was to say, at least can we find a time where I can share some observations with you? That conversation, I'm giving you some choice. We're going to share some conversation, uh, some observations. And so it's a conversation you're, you're a party to. It's not a broadcast you're there to receive. It's observations, and so it's going to be based on some facts rather than some opinions um, that I've got. And so just the language uh, changes the experience. And, and what we've uh, tried to do in the platform is to bake that language in 
uh, and to bake good behavior around feedback into the platform so that um, we're triggering those reward responses and you're uh, in, a, in a growth mindset rather than uh, fearful and anxious about what's to come. Mm. And of course, I'm a fan of the growth mindset too. And I've had other guests on the, on the show talking about that as well. Uh, and it's related to something you talked about earlier that I want to get a little bit more information on too, David. You talked about that good leadership is strengths-based and encourages people to pursue what they're passionate about, what they like doing. And of course, I, as a, a Gallup certified strengths coach, I completely agree with that, but would like to hear a bit more about your perspective on that. Yep. So, so really what we're trying to do there is help people to to know their strengths. Uh, so um, using techniques uh, similar to Strength Finder and, and uh, other frameworks for that. Um, but I think, you know, we, we, we've got a blog post that's been quite popular around autonomy. And we use in that the example of an autonomous vehicle, a self-driving car. And if you think about that, um, you know, the reason that cars can be autonomous is because they've got one clear destination that they're, that they're heading for. Uh, they've got signals coming in from all sorts of sensors about adjustments that they need to make uh, to cope with environment, the, the environment that they're operating in. Uh, they've got GPS signals that tell them they're on the right path and speed signals that tell them they're moving at the right pace to get to their destination. And so when we think about autonomous employees, really um, organizations and and individuals are are actually more comfortable with the idea of an autonomous vehicle than they are an autonomous employee. (laughs) Um, And so we think that's, you know, perhaps not right. uh, And that employees can be autonomous Uh, in a very safe way by having one clear destination that's that's based upon, you know, what they're designed to do, what their strengths are, are geared towards uh, by having the signals that tell them they're they're on the right path and by having the signals that tell them that they're, the the progress signals that tell them that they're moving at the right pace. Uh, And so... Uh, you know, I think it's much more these days about individualizing jobs and designing, uh, you know, flexible jobs that are geared towards the individual that's in the role, as opposed to trying to coerce a, an individual with unique strengths into the shape that, you know, the textbook says the role would be best served by. I am drinking up every single word that you're saying. And what I think what I want to say is that one, it makes so much sense what you're saying. And then two, it's so inspiring to hear someone language this the same way that I do. And then actually have a platform and a a perspective to be able to help employers around the world with this. This is great. Or just organizations around the world with this. It's just really refreshing to hear you talk, David. Um, And the accent doesn't hurt either, I suppose. (laughs) Um, and speaking of, of different organizations, do you, do you have any examples that you can share with us, maybe one or two, and certainly not without giving the, the identity away if it doesn't help the person or the organization, uh, of, of organizations that you've seen it really incent high employee engagement or high performance or better customer acquisition? 
Yeah, so we've been working with uh, very closely with our uh, kind of founder customers because they've been the ones who've been giving us the signals to uh, take the, the platform in the direction it's gone. Uh, and I'm thinking of, of one in particular, and they um, outreach to their employees with, with five questions. Um, and one of those questions is quite um, confrontational um, when, you, when you take it at face value. It's, am I in the right role, team, and firm? And it's a yes or no answer with, with comments um, uh, to justify that. And you'd actually think that you know people would be reticent to to answer no to that question, um, and I think it says a lot for this organisation's culture that uh, on any um, kind of cycle uh, of of the outreach, uh, about five percent of their people will say no. Uh, I'm not feeling like I'm in the right team uh, for uh, role or firm. Um, and of course, that then means that, uh, you know, a, a conversation about why and how that can change and what needs to be done to, to address that can happen. And so, you know, um, I think um, radical candor is, uh, you know, uh, getting a little bit of, of airplay. And that would be an example of where um, we've seen that. Um, level of, um, you know, confidence and, and culture and, and uh, interest in employees to make sure that they are in the right uh, role team and firm perpetually um, really pay dividends. And we've seen that uh, people who have answered no to that question uh, in, in a cycle have had an intervention and then have started to answer yes to that question subsequent to that intervention. And so we can see, you know, the, the direct um, consequence of asking the, the uh, engagement questions and then attending to the answers has helped with retention and motivation of, you know, a reasonable proportion of, of that workforce. So four or five percent of your workforce uh, you know, being re-engaged and re-energized is is significant. It is significant. It certainly is. And and I also I do appreciate that radical candor. I've never heard that phrase before, but I quite like that. And I purposely did this, David, in terms of how I wanted to chat with you in this conversation. I wanted you to sort of talk through some of your thinking and what's important to you before I ask you how the platform actually works, so that our listeners could be more present to really understanding it better. So. Uh, at this juncture, will you tell us, I mean, a little bit about Pay Compliment and how it enables a lifelong platform for the individual or and how it actually serves the various parties that you work with? How does it work and what's involved? Yeah, so I'll, I won't turn this into a sales pitch, but I will talk about the things that are important to us in, in our model. And so the first one that you mentioned there is is lifelong. Um, and so we are a member-based platform where the, the individual is the member uh, and their membership is um, sometimes initiated independently, but often initiated by an employer. Um, regardless of that, their membership lasts for, for their life. And with the rise in the gig economy, we think that's really important because what we're trying to address with that aspect of the platform is that um, more and more workers are 
in non-exclusive relationships with with an employer uh, or, or in short tenure relationships with an employer. And if we use employer-centric um, platforms for performance, then um, those individuals don't have any continuity. What they learned, how they were coached, the feedback that they received, that all gets left behind when they move from one organization to the next, or if they're working concurrently as a gig worker for several organizations, then their signals are fragmented and they're not consolidated into one cogent um, stream uh, that, that drives that individual's improvement. So uh, by having a lifelong employee-centric platform, we think we address that. The second thing that we're, we're trying to do is recognize that organizations these days are much more of a network and much less of a hierarchy. Uh, and so the relationships that we have inside of those organizations are more fluid. Um, and we, re we should uh, rely less on the idea um, that information is going to come to us from uh, you know, a cascading effect through, through an organizational hierarchy. And so we democratize feedback by making um, the, the opportunity to give and get feedback available to anyone at any time. Uh, and so we've talked a lot about leadership, but in this context, we would see everyone uh, in the organization of being, as being a leader, at least of themselves, and potentially a leader through influence rather than title or position of others by, by um, coaching them through events. So we've democratized feedback, we've made it lifelong, we're employee-centric platform, and we provide both structured and unstructured means. And so if I want to give feedback just in my own language, um, you know, as a story or an observation, I can do that by writing it or recording video um, or, or speech. Uh, but on the other hand, if I need some structure and I want to use a mechanism like stop, keep, start or four level coaching feedback or even net promoter scores, then, um, you know, we have templates that are structured to, to allow that to happen. So very, um, uh, variety uh, is, is important to us. And we think, you know, a good feedback diet is a, is a varied feedback diet. It's a mix of assessments and, and um, uh, grading as well as storytelling and um, uh, situational observation. Brilliant, David. Oh, my gosh. I'm so impressed. That really is brilliant and a perfect way to send us into our last break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with David Perks, who is the founder and CEO of Pay Compliment, a platform for customers, peers, and managers to give direct feedback to the people and organizations they interact with so that customer service levels and employee performance are maintained at the highest possible levels in real time all the time. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Many of us define our lives by what has already happened. It's a past tense series of events. Do you long for something else? You don't have to live solely in this reality. Tune in for To Win Within with host Strom Thomason. Strom and his guests are here to introduce you to your true self. It's time to emerge from your box and take a beautiful journey of self-love and discovery. You'll find yourself exactly where you need to be. To Win Within airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Do we really have a full understanding as to why we do certain things and function the way that we do? There are many different aspects of trauma, and you can learn more about them and how to overcome the symptoms by tuning in to Trauma Talk with host Ezrina Rose Scott. On Trauma Talk, Ezrina and her special guest experts and clients will discuss the different results of trauma and some effective methods in resolving and healing from them. Listen live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is David Perks, who is the founder and CEO of Pay Compliment, a platform for customers, peers, and managers to give direct feedback to the people and organizations they interact with so that customer service levels and employee performance are maintained at the highest possible levels in real time. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, David, that was a tremendous rendition of what you what you've established as a platform. I'm terribly impressed and so glad I found you and so glad I get to share this with our listeners across the globe. I'm, I'm certainly a fan. And one of the things that you also said there as you were talking about your platform is this move toward the gig economy. And, of course, I recognize that from the Free Agent Nation book that Dan Pink wrote years ago. Um, but I, I'd like it if you could talk a bit about what you know of the gig economy and what it is you're trying to address in it. Yep. So um, the gig economy is growing, uh, and it's not just uh, the likes of um, you know zero resource organisations like Uber and Airbnb and the likes of those, uh, but it's the use of contingent workers, temporary workers, contractors, consultants in in enterprise that's growing uh, at the uh, expense of. Uh, normal salaried workers. And so we see a future where many more individuals are going to be uh, deriving their income from uh, the gig economy and their own uh, endeavors as an individual. And um, depending on the stats you believe, 
you know, already that might be affecting 40 to 50 percent of the, the workforce in the, in the U.S. that are involved in the gig economy in some way, shape or form. Uh, and we think there's some um, uh, changes in behavior that uh, are required that we're trying to drive there from the organization and from the individual. And so from the organization, what we see and we've surveyed a lot um, to uncover this, most organizations exclude non-salaried staff from performance management and performance um, improvements. And so uh, those staff are not getting through the organization uh, assessment. They're not getting learning resources. They're not getting opportunities that are assigned, you know, necessarily aligned to their purpose. They might be getting those things through chance, but they're not getting those things through design. And we think that the mindset of organizations who are using gig economy workers needs to be a stewardship mindset. That whilst that gig economy worker is working for my organization, I am responsible for they, uh, for their development and for helping them to do their best work, as opposed to a hands-off uh, kind of approach of we pay them a high fee or a, or a significant daily rate and expect that they bring the skills necessary to, to the transaction. So there's that element. From the individual perspective, what we've noticed is that when workers enter the gig economy, um, there's a high likelihood that they will enter at a certain level, the level um, that they're performing at at the time, and that they will remain at that level for their entire subsequent time in the gig economy, rather than developing themselves. And so we see that in the gig economy, you need to be the CEO of yourself and that you need to take control of your own um, product, which is you, uh, and the value of that product. And, and we provide the tool set to do that. Again, David, there's so much wonderful alignment here. Uh, anybody who's listened to my show a little bit knows that I'm horribly interested in artificial intelligence and robotics and how the workforce will need to continue to evolve their own skill sets to be able to play more in that arena and complement that that technology and continue to develop their skills so that they're, they're, they're viable. And I certainly see that what you're up to helps enable that. And I really, really appreciate it. And I applaud that. That's tremendous for me. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I'm so glad I found you. <laughs> um, and and you've, you've already mentioned it, but this whole notion you and I were chatting on the phone that, you know, without the feedback, the risk is that, that the worker stagnates without progressing, which is just what you already surfaced. I can tell you that in the coaching work that I do, I oftentimes run into people with either two situations. One is they do need to continue to develop their skills and their competencies to, to progress. Either they've been asked to do so or they're bored. Um, or two, in many cases, especially with women, they frankly need to develop their confidence in order to take on more. And I, it seems to me that your tool would be able to address and give information on both those fronts. Yeah, in fact, um, we, uh, we won't have time to talk about it today, but we've done some uh, really insightful work about um, performance achievement uh, based on gender. And so the techniques and methods that a female um, worker needs to adopt versus a male worker. And um, suffice it to say uh, that uh, 
depending on gender, requires the person to take a different approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're, we're coaching females and working with a, an organization called Head, Heart and Brain in the UK to coach females to achieve performance in a, in a different way than we're coaching males to achieve performance. And that's based upon patterns of behavior that we've been able to um, use artificial intelligence and data mining to surface. Um, mm. So it's a fascinating area. Um, the other thing that we, we've started to do, and this is based upon some insights from Josh Burson and um, uh, yep. David Rock at the Neuro, Neuro Leadership Institute, we are in the midst of building micro learning into the platform as well as the feedback aspect. And so what we will do with that is join up the experience of receiving feedback and an observation to also then having the resources available to address that if there's a learning need or a uh, or an adjustment required uh, in actually providing the, the training resources on platform. And so that is very much geared towards enabling uh, the independent worker or the, um, the uh, gig worker to um, control their destiny all on one platform in the way that they choose at the pace that they choose. Wow. Another point of brilliance, David. When does the spigot stop? of brilliance I'm just wondering uh, wonderful I you know really we probably need to see, see about how when you come back and see if you can share some of these things with our listeners they're all incredibly pertinent to my listenership and and would be well received so we'll talk about that another time but for what's left of this session a couple more things I would like to get out of you if I can David one of the things that you also mentioned when we first spoke was that you are interested in helping workers stay true to their passion how do you help them do that Well, I think the first thing is uncovering the passion. So I've actually found that, you know, when you ask um, an individual uh, about their purpose and their passion, quite quite often uh, there's an uncomfortable silence after that. And so, uh, you know, prompting that thought to to really get precise about, you know, why um, your why um, is where we start. Uh, and then aligning all of these signals to that and saying, okay, well, how do we, uh, you know, fast track your, your path to, um, to, to resolving your why uh, is where the platform comes in and crowdsourcing all of the input that's necessary, um, you know, to, to take you along that fast path. So that's really the paradigm for us is crowdsourcing these signals uh, aggregating them all into one stream for for the individual, no matter where they're coming from, uh, and then allowing that individual to progress and to see their progress in real time all of the time. Wow, another big fat wow. Now, what I, I don't know that I fully understand is crowdsourcing the signals. Would you say more about that? Yeah, so... Um, what we do is we provide a feedback ID and that ID is unique to you. And so what that can be used for is on my business card. It's in my email signatures as a button. Uh, it can be on any report that I produce. It's a way of saying, I am open for your feedback. I would like it. And this is the means by which you can give it to me directly and privately. Uh, and so there are 55 touch points that we've identified that would be uh, appropriate to to prompt for feedback, uh, 
Uh, and so what we do is we, we feedback enable all of those uh, so that you can capture signals at any of those touch points with, with any individual in private, uh, in real time. David Prost, is there anything you have not thought through on this? Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a lot on our backlog <laughs> that we're uh, that we're striving to do, at least. But um, we're really, you know, pleased with the performance of the platform so far, and we can see that it's making a difference. Uh, and that's what's driving us, uh, you know, each day to uh, to make it easier to use, to make it impactful, uh, and to to broaden, uh, you know, the the awareness of it. Splendid. Well, we're almost out of time. And if my, my listeners know that I like to give my guests the last word here. So, you know, this show, David, is about helping listeners across the globe more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. Given that, how would you like to leave our listeners today? What would you like to leave them with? I think there's two calls to action. One is to think about the feedback that you need to get to do your best work every day. And if you're not getting that, to ask for it and you can use our platform or you can use any other means that you like to to do that and the second is set yourself a challenge to set, share something that you've noticed that would help someone to improve their performance and to do that every day and if you do those two things then uh, your impact on the world and the impact that you're making on the world will very quickly uh, increase. What a fantastic way to finish, David. I am so hopelessly glad I found you. We are absolutely of like minds on so many ways. Really impressed with the work that you're doing. Want to help evangelize it. I'm a fan. Uh, I look forward to other conversations with you and staying in touch. Thank you for being with us and sharing your, your wisdom, your passion, your heart, all of it. Thank you. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Elise. If you want to learn more about the work David and his team at Pay Compliment are doing, visit their website. It is simply paycompliment.com. P-A-Y-C-O-M-P-L-I-M-E-N-T.com. Join us next week when we talk with Mac Pritchard of Pritchard Communications, who will share what he's learned to help job seekers utilize unique ways to find the job they really want. See you then. Remember that work is at least one third of our life, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Work.